Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Monday, August 12th, 2019. I'm your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to another week of episodes of Locked on Spartans. On today's show, um, I gotta be honest, I thought we were gonna have some interesting stuff to talk about, uh, but we're not going to, it seems. Uh, so I'll talk about sort of what that means uh, here in the first segment, maybe the first couple of segments uh, as well. A little bit, uh, I don't know, disappointed. Things are weird right now around the Michigan State program. We're going to talk about it. Uh, and also, I have some thoughts on the uniforms. Um, I know it's old news. I know it made the rounds a week ago today, uh, and everyone apparently who didn't realize this already happened uh, decided to rip Michigan State's uh, horrible neon uniforms. Um, but I have some thoughts on them after seeing something interesting over the weekend, I'll call it, um, and just kind of some thoughts on that whole situation. So uh, that's the plan for today. Um, I know it's a vague intro, but it'll make sense soon here. Uh, I think a couple more pieces of homework uh, over at Spartans Wire, spartanswire.usatoday.com. Uh, we just finished up Goat Week, uh, greatest of all time week at Michigan State. We did like players, coaches, teams, defensive players, uh, running backs, quarterbacks, receivers. Uh, a lot of interest in those, a lot of page views, a lot of people checking those out. Uh, if you haven't done that, uh, the response has been good. It sort of sparked some debate like you would think it would in terms of who's ranked too high, who's ranked too low, and all that crap. Uh, so check that out, spartanswire.usatoday.com. Also, over there, we've got the championship round of the MSU gift tournament going on right now. Voting for the final two gifts will be uh, open until midnight tonight. So if it is Monday and you are listening to this, go... Uh, Go vote on that because we're deciding something very important. The greatest Michigan State gift in the history of gifts. And so if you want your input, you got to go vote. Um, just like in the real world. Just like in real life. Uh, you can't complain about the winner if you don't vote. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to get so political. Um, yeah, so I think that's it in terms of homework. Always, you know, as always, rate, review, subscribe. Subscribing is the easiest way to get these episodes to your phone every single day. Uh, and you can find Lockdown Spartans and all the Lockdown Podcasts uh, wherever you get a podcast. You can find it. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, not iTunes. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, the new Himalaya Podcast app that I've told you about so many times, all those great places you can, uh, you can find locked on Spartans. Oh, one more thing. If you want to come on the show and go game by game and predict the schedule with me, I'm, I'm taking submissions for that. So I got someone uh, coming up here next week. Who's going to come in and do that. So if you want to do that this week, next week, uh, I'm going to open that up to, to the listeners. Just come on, give us uh, we'll go game by game and you'll give us your thoughts on who you think is going to win and why and, Yada, yada, yada. So open submissions for that. Lockdownspartans at gmail.com. Tweet at me at will underscore underscore hunter one L two underscores. All right, let's, uh, let's talk about some stuff. Okay. So Michigan state 
we think had a scrimmage this weekend. We're pretty sure they had a scrimmage this weekend. They were supposed to have a scrimmage this weekend. The only sign that they had a scrimmage this weekend was uh, the MSU football recruiting and player performance, player personnel Twitter account. That is a hell of a name. Uh, at MSU underscore FB recruits, the official Twitter account for Michigan State football recruiting and player personnel. Hashtag victory for MSU. Uh, they tweeted out a picture. And what was it? Friday morning. It's a great morning for football. I want to point out a couple things here. The great is GR and then the number eight. And then the four before football is the number four. Let's maybe do a little bit better than that. I, I don't know the, the purpose of talking or typing like it is 2003 and we are on AOL instant messenger. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's a little tangential point there, but I digress. Uh, the photo, which is more important, seems to indicate a scrimmage is happening. It, it's players on the sideline. Uh, you can see players on the sideline. We've got an offensive unit and a defensive unit lined up here. Uh, and in the sort of front of the frame, front right of the frame, uh, is a referee. And so referees uh, generally mean that Michigan State scrimmaging. There's an umpire between the linebackers. There's a, a back judge way back there. Like we've got people who are officiating this game all over the field and they're in shorts. You know, this is uh, time for the officials to get back into the swing of things too. And I know officials go around the country, uh, travel within their conference and, uh, you know, ref scrimmages and sort of get back into the swing of things. And so, by the looks of it, by the way things are set up here, it uh, looks like coaches are on the sideline. It doesn't look like it's tough to see with the, the pictures, but there's not a lot of uh, you know chaos, kind of weird things going on here. It's just an offense versus a defense. That would, it seems to indicate uh, that a scrimmage is taking place here. Uh, if you zoom in on the scoreboard here, there is an actual score up. Um Looks like, uh, you know, it's first and 10. We can't really see here. Either way, um, a scrimmage happened. And why is that important? Because, well, usually when scrimmages happen at Michigan State, uh, we hear about it. Michigan State's always been closed off when it comes to uh, scrimmages. Media aren't allowed to attend really anything in practice. Media aren't allowed to attend. And scrimmages certainly... Uh, there's a high level of secrecy in terms of actually showing anything to anyone outside the walls, which is, uh, you know, it's different everywhere around the country. Uh, some places uh, are much more open to the media. Some are, you know, many are just like Michigan State. Uh, some allow you media in for full practices. Some allow fans in for full practices. Some allow media in for scrimmages. It just kind of, it goes along the whole spectrum here. And so I'm not you know, surprised by this. I'm a, I'm a little surprised that it's, you know, Sunday night so far and we haven't gotten any sort of word that there was a scrimmage. Generally, there's a release sent out with selected statistics uh, from it. You know, who won? Here's three different stats. Uh, this person had this many passing yards. This person had this many rushing yards. This person had an interception. This person had a sack. Here was the score. The defense won or the offense won. The next scrimmage is next week. We usually get that as sort of a baseline and it doesn't tell us much because we don't actually get to see how it happened. 
doesn't say if it was ones versus ones, ones versus twos, ones versus threes. We don't get any context, so we don't really get any true information, but we haven't even gotten that bare minimum, uh, and I wonder why. Um, and this is something that we'll probably take into the next segment here. We'll do a couple segments on it, but what is the benefit, I guess, of keeping everything so close to the chest right now? It would seem like there are going to be changes. I think I'm comfortable, given all the people I've heard answer all the questions I've heard about changes, uh, the way, you know, just looking at body language, the way people react to questions, the way there's sort of a company line when it comes to these questions. There, I, I think I'm pretty confident in saying there are going to be changes on the offensive side of the ball this year. And... Uh, I think, I, I think it would be near negligent if there weren't changes on the offensive side of the ball this year. Not to say that it's going to be totally different, but more than just a tweak here and there. Some semblance of structural change I would expect. Again, not blowing the whole thing out and doing anything different, but what are a little bit more tempo, a little bit more quarterback run, some RPOs, this, that, and the other. You know that type of change I would expect. Um. And so I'm just I'm just wondering why Michigan State is so hesitant to show even a glimmer of that change. And there's a couple of reasons for that. There's a couple of reasons I think they should show some of this. I, I understand why they've been secretive in the past. I understand the benefits of it. Um, but I think there are benefits to uh, just doling out a little bit of something for us to see. Uh, I'm running into a break here. Um, I need to do my commercial. So I will talk about those things uh, after this quick commercial break. Guys, if you're playing fantasy football, you got to make sure you're listening to Vinny Iyer on the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years covering fantasy football. That is a lot of years. It's longer than some of you have been alive. I know some of you who are in college listening to this show, you're a freshman, sophomore in college, 18, 19 years old. Vinny's been covering fantasy football longer than you've been alive. That's crazy. Don't listen to the same show as everyone else because then you're just getting the same information and you know there's no difference. Who's gonna, how are you going to get an edge there? You can get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and keep you ahead all season long. Lockdown Fantasy Football can be found on your favorite podcast provider. All right, welcome back to Locked On Spartans. I got a freaking kernel like when you when you know when you eat popcorn and the the shell of the kernel. It's not the actual kernel. We we that's one of like the most misspoken things. Oh, I got a kernel stuck in my tooth. No, you don't. You got the protective shell from the kernel stuck in your tooth. Um, yeah, I got that little tan. I don't even like, it's almost like a thin sheet of paper type thing. And it's just stuck in between a couple teeth right now. It's an absolute nightmare, but I'm going to power through. Okay. So left off at the break with Michigan State's not telling us anything, being super secretive about things, even more so than usual this season. And is that really the right way to go about it? I think there are benefits to being less secretive this year. Um, First off, if, there, if the changes are something significant where you do feel like you can have a competitive advantage by people not realizing, not expecting what is coming, you know, then you get a couple drives to start a game where maybe the opponent's a little bit underprepared. That's like the most optimistic read of this is you get a few drives where the opponent's not ready because 
I think Michigan State's early season opponents are going to look at the spring game, and they're going to look at the Red Box Bowl, and they're going to look at uh, you know previous seasons and previous games, and sort of mush them all together, and, and probably formulate a decent picture, and know that they're going to go into this game thinking, all right, eighty percent of what they're going to run, we're ready for. We know there's going to be new things. It's the beginning of a season. We'll adjust on the fly. Um, I think that's the most optimistic sort of read for this. You're not going to line up against Tulsa and them just have no idea what the hell is even going on. What sport is this team? Is this football? I've never seen this before. Uh, And you just score 48 points before they can even realize what's going on. That's just not uh, how it works. The other thing, uh, you open the season. Michigan State opens the season with Tulsa. And with Western Michigan, and I would bet that the offense that is uh, rolled out against those teams is a little bit more vanilla than the one you'll see against Arizona State. But in years past, yeah, we've seen vanilla-ish starts from Michigan State on offense, but it's not like uh, they do anything revolutionary after that uh, once they get to a quality opponent that they feel like they have to really uh, spice things up for. There's just, you know, a little tweak here, a little tweak there. You're not running a different offense the first couple of games and then switching your offense for game three when you're like, all right, we're playing Arizona State. Now it's time to really run the offense. Like, no, you're going to run your offense. And then for Arizona State, you're going to have a couple different things built in, some different looks to give them that they haven't seen uh, in hopes that you can catch them off guard. But even still, all that said, it's still going to come down to just playing football better than the other team, you know, like you don't trick teams in college football in major division one college football. You're not going to trick a team for an entire game and just keep tricking them and tricking them and tricking them and and win that way. Uh, You got to play better football than them. And so you're going to be rolling your offense out against Tulsa. Uh, You're going to be using it against Western Michigan. Uh, And then by the time you get to Arizona state, Arizona state's going to know what you're running. They're going to have a pretty darn good idea, and it's not going to be, I think, any different than it would be in a previous year. You just, you're going to study the two games, the Tulsa game, the Western game, compare it to the spring game, compare it to the Red Box Bowl, and sort of see, all right, here's some things that they certainly have added. Here's some things they're still doing. Uh, here's previous, you know, oh, they're still doing this type of play. Here's the different things that they've built off of it in the past. Here's what they did against us last year out of this formation and now what they're doing. Like Arizona State, by the time you get to that game, by the time you, and once you get past that, into the conference play, Northwestern, Ohio State, like the secret's going to be out. Everyone's going to know what you're running. So I don't think there's some great uh, strategic advantage, really. I mean, a little bit, but again, you're using it mostly with Tulsa and then with Western Michigan, the first two games of the season. And I'm not sure that's the biggest benefit in the world. Do you really like you just line up against those teams and you could run. I feel like Michigan state could run the triple option against Tulsa and still get out of there with a win. Like it doesn't really, when the difference in players is that significant, I don't think it really, the scheme doesn't have to be supreme uh, by that point. So I'm not sure that saving it, for Tulsa, saving it for Western Michigan is the greatest benefit. Sure, there are definitely benefits of it. It'll be harder on Tulsa. It'll be harder on Western Michigan than it would be had Michigan State 
shown a little bit more in the spring game, shown a little bit more in practice, allowed media to show a little bit of what's going on. Yes, it, it's going to be a little bit easier, a little bit more deception. But is that deception enough to outweigh what is thought of, of, of the Michigan State program by its fans and by the people around? And I know uh, they don't care. They should care about it a little bit. It shouldn't dictate a ton what they do. Um, it should matter what your fans, it, it shouldn't matter what your fans sort of want you to do in terms of strategy or things like that, but it should matter uh, your fan base's excitement level, your fan base's morale, um, that sort of things, things along that line, the hype around your program, um, I think matters. I think it's important. I think it's, I think it helps in recruiting. I think it helps in creating an atmosphere uh, around the program, an atmosphere within the stadium. Like, think of it this way. If in the spring game, Michigan State, I don't know, ran a freaking RPO and it worked for like a long touchdown or, you know, uh, scrimmage number two coming up here, <clears throat> media's, excuse me, media is uh, allowed in the scrimmage and we get to see a couple of things that they've been working on. Not the whole kit and caboodle. They're not going to do that. But we get to see a, a drive with some tempo. We get to see uh, Brian Lewerke doing the zone read, uh, different little things, some cool plays, some plays that look good, look fun, look exciting, get a couple of videos out there, you know, just little like crumbs. Like you don't give away the whole thing, but I think it could be really beneficial to give some of it out. And Michigan State under Mark D'Antonio just that's not his way of operating. And that's that's fine. It's totally fine. And for a lot of things, it's really worked out. Um, but I think this is something where when you have a season like last season, when you're, everyone knows what this team's bringing back in terms of talent, um, everyone knows what type of season this team could have. And everyone knows that the key to it all happening is uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And if they can get that stuff figured out, this could be a really great football team. And I would think if I was, you know, and I'm a different type of person than him, but if I was seeing stuff in there as a coach and was like, there's stuff in here worth getting excited about, then I would want to just give a teaser, like a movie trailer. And not even like as extreme as a movie trailer, because a lot of times in movie trailers, you get some of the best parts, some of the coolest action sequences or the best jokes. You don't even have to do that. Just show a, if you released, if Michigan State released a single video of them running some sort of spread concept with like a, a true zone read uh, with an RPO built on the backside, just one clip of a play. It doesn't even have to be a play that they actually have in the playbook. One play like that, the fan base would go bananas with excitement. They would absolutely love it. It would build some momentum, some well, that momentum, some confidence, some excitement, positive morale. People are going to be like, "Yes, I'm finally. We get to see it. We like what are they going to look like? Is this is going to be awesome?" This is going to be so much fun. Um, and and I, I like just a little video clip. It's an appetizer. And I think it could do wonders. 
Instead, we just get uh, a single picture of a thing that's not even, are we sure this is even a thing? Yeah, great. Here's the picture. They're in a spread formation. They're in 11 personnel. Ladarius Jefferson's lined up uh, next to Brian Lewerke, who is in a five-yard shotgun. There's a tight end to his side. There are appears based on the defensive alignment, twins to the left with a guy in the slot, uh, or both guys behind the line of scrimmage because the tight end's on the left. And then the right side, I would imagine there's a flanker uh, just like a wide receiver, X receiver lined up on the line of scrimmage. That's formation. Hey, 11 formation, three wide receivers. That's pretty cool. Uh, that's all we got. And then if I zoom in, uh, I can see on the scoreboard, it says Team White, 27, Team Green, 0. Uh, I will give you one guess as to whether Team White is the defense or the offense. <laughs> it's not going well. That's all we get. And then we're left to pick apart a little picture and see like what the hell is going on and see if we can actually try to figure anything out from something we're not going to figure anything out from. And I think it all could be avoided. We could get this cool, exciting moment, getting people fired up for the season just with a little teaser, little teaser, little appetizer, little bit of what they've been working on. You still got a lot to keep in the bag. You still got stuff in the bag. It's not, we're not giving it all away. It's just a little teaser. I think it could really do wonders for Michigan State's uh, excitement, interest, appeal as we head into the third week of camp. All right, let's take a break right there. Uh, when we get back, some thoughts on the uniforms. Uh, the new Locked On NFL is on fire. Last week was one of the most listened to NFL shows in all of podcasts. You get the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson, and the show is now hosted by veteran broadcaster Brian Peacock. Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL, where you get Matt's unique take on the game. Follow Locked On NFL now on your favorite podcast provider. All right, welcome back to segment three of today's Lockdown Spartans. Let's talk about these hideous uniforms. Um, so, I don't think I can, I mean, maybe like the Notre Dame pinstripe uniforms that they used when they were playing at Yankee Stadium. Uh, Michigan's had some pretty awful responses. Those Wisconsin and Nebraska ones were like the letters were really skinny and weird and nothing made sense uh, come to mind. But these Michigan State Neon uniforms have been pretty widely panned um, by damn near everybody uh, starting in April when they were released and when we all saw them for the first time. And then again, last Monday when Colton Pouncey from The Athletic uh, tweeted a totally innocuous, totally innocent picture uh, of the uniforms, really just trying to tweet to Spartan Twitter, Michigan State Twitter, just to like throw them a bone so they had something to laugh about and be, um, I don't know, a little apathetic about or sad about. Uh, he's just throwing it out there for them. It gets picked up. The entire world thinks Michigan State has re released these uniforms today. Uh, they get ripped to shreds by everyone nationally. And everyone at Michigan State is sitting there like, wait, we already did this. Why are you guys, what are you doing? Um, and so that, you know, round and round we go. And, you know, I'm sure there will be a third uh, ripping of the uniforms when they're actually pulled out uh, for use in game action. So, Here's something, though. Maybe there won't be a third ripping of the uniforms. I'm sure there will be a third noticing of the uniforms and mostly mocking of the uniforms. But if we're right now saying, like, Michigan State is 98% getting mocked for these uniforms, I think once they wear them, 
it might be like 73% mocked. <laughs> We're making a leap um, because MSU football equipment, their, their Twitter account sent out a picture uh, of somebody, an actual human being wearing the uniform. Uh, it's lit nicely, lit professionally. There's like a dark, you know, it's sort of a night game feel to it it's dark but the lighting uh, is such so that you can see it and it looks I'm not gonna say it looks good because it doesn't it looks significantly better than it does on a mannequin it looks like this thing is just is truly terrible on a mannequin on a person it looks better the state is still too big but it seems to I don't know. It's less noticeable when there are bulging muscular arms uh, extending out of the ends of the letters. Like it's less <laughs> obtrusive. Like when it's a mannequin, just shiny fake plastic, um, you notice the letters much more. And when it's like perfectly, you know, you get the shot of it straight on. The letters are straight on. The numbers are straight on. Everything is just all set up. Uh, whereas in an actual game, Players wearing it uh, are going to be hunched over. They're going to be in stances. They're going to be, you know, quarterback leaning over for the snap, running back hands on his knees, running or receiver. Like everyone's going to be, no one stands straight up in like models on the football field. So it's, it looks better when it's sort of wrinkled up and contorted, which doesn't say a lot for the quality of the uniform and how good it looks. But the sort of the harder it is to look at it, the better it is. The more contorted, because like the player here in this picture is running, like the form is weird, but like he's got one hand in front of his face and the glove is open intentionally so you can see the Spartan uh, head in the glove, which is cool. The gloves are pretty cool. I will say that neon palm gloves, a dark Spartan head uh, and dark with neon fingertips uh, on the outside. Those are pretty sweet. I'll give the gloves and the shoes are nice too. Um, The accessories, the helmets, uh, mostly okay. The helmet's solid. It's not the worst thing in the world. The helmet's solid. Uh, But this guy's running. He's got his hand in front of his face. And the other one has got the ball tucked uh, into his forearm. And it's like back, you know, behind him. So the jersey's kind of twisted. And he's hunched over a little in in running stance. And so there's shadows being casted. You, You know, you see most of the jersey. But it's a little bit darker and different looking. And it looks better. So I think the key is here. Just the less light we can get on these jerseys, the better they're going to look. But they do look better with a person in them, certainly. Like I said, the state is less distracting. They would be even better if they just went all freaking in on the neon. The white numbers, the white stripe on the helmet, the white stripe on the pants. If those were all different and were, um, you know, neon numbers, neon stripe on the helmet, and then a dark green stripe down the pants, uh, I think it'd be even a little better and we'd be at like 63%, uh, 67% ripping of them. And then if we could make the state a little bit smaller, I think we could get to 50-50. So they're still bad. They're still mostly awful. They look better on a person. Not good. They don't look good. They look better on a person. They look better being used in football. Um, maneuvers, football techniques, football, (laughs) whatever you want to call it, Uh, football situations. They look better 
being used for football than they do being modeled, um, which is good. Uh, and, you know, maybe with the dark light, the darkness uh, for a night game, something like that, they can actually get to a point where they look okay. Uh, and maybe Michigan State wins by them, wins in them by 50. Um, and maybe this whole thing is just a prank on us. Maybe they're just joking. That's that's the one thing that we can all hope out hope for is that this uniform doesn't actually exist. They're not going to keep making them because, um, yeah, they're just going to keep getting ripped for them. Um, it's one of the worst uniforms. You know, Nike's usually really solid at this, does a really great job, has really great designers, really smart people doing a great job. Uh and yeah, we, we, of course, get a giant swing and a miss. So that'll be fun. We'll see uh, how they look once players actually wear them. I'm pretty convinced that they'll look better than we think they will. And now the expectations are so low. So just like as low as they can be that I think when Michigan State actually busts these things out and we see them, there will be a, a larger contingent of people than you would think that are go, you know what? They're not that bad. Uh, and where we're at right now with these uniforms, that's the best we can hope for. It's just a, a nice percentage of people going, you know what? We were too harsh on these. They're bad, but they're not the worst thing I've ever seen. That's what we're shooting for here. All right, that's it for today's show. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Maybe we'll get some scrimmage uh, results here uh Later today, media is meeting with Mark D'Antonio after practice, depending on when you listen to this. Meeting with Mark D'Antonio before practice and then players after practice, depending on when you listen to this. There may be some quotes out from that. I won't be there. I can't make it to that one tomorrow, so I, I would ask about the scrimmage over the weekend. Um, I'm assuming somebody else in the media contingency will do that. They do a good job uh, with that sort of stuff. So maybe we'll have some scrimmage stuff too. Uh, talk about tomorrow and maybe that's the plan uh, just for the them to release it all tomorrow when D'Antonio meets with the media that's happened before um, where he's just been like all right scrimmage defense 135 14 uh, so and so did this so and so and you know and that's that's possible too so that'd be cool if we could get some scrimmage uh, information out tomorrow uh, from the from D'Antonio or from whatever and then we can maybe have something uh, to talk about as it relates to that. So that's the plan for <laughs> hopefully tomorrow. We'll see if it comes through. Reminder to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, check out the work at Spartans Wire. We've got Goat Week. we got the gift tournament finals. we got stuff going on there all the time. We post like four or five times every single day. All sorts of Michigan State stuff, news, blog posts, uh, polls, all sorts of things. So check it out, spartanswire.usatoday.com. All right, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Spartans.